Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, a little bit later on, I will be talking to Stella O'Malley. And this is in relation to what we talked about yesterday. And I got a really interesting email, and I'm going to read it out for you again, even though I did read it yesterday, just to, to give you a little update again. But Stella Mali is a psychotherapist and she's a best-selling author and she will be coming on to us in about 45 minutes just to give us, I suppose, a rundown on what we can do about this situation because it affected so many people yesterday when I read out the email. So many people text in and WhatsApped in, particularly women, uh, that they could identify with the problems this woman was having. I'll read it out for you now, okay? Hi, Nat. I heard a topic on your show a few weeks ago. Well, you talked about teenagers who were unruly. I have three children and my oldest is 15 years of age. My marriage broke up when the kids were young and my husband is not on the scene, but he does meet the children now and again. My son is a, is a good kid, but like other teenagers, he can be a little bit rebellious. Over the last year, he has become abusive towards me and I'll be honest, I'm terrified of him. He was always a bit cheeky, like most kids, but last year I noticed he became physically taller and bigger when he was standing up to me. He's about five inches taller than me. He ignores me. Uh, if I say he can't go out and just walks out the door. He walks straight up and straight into my face and calls me names. I have to back off for fear that he'll actually hit me again. Yes, I mean again, because on two occasions he has pushed me. And about three weeks ago, he grabbed me by the arm, pulled me across the kitchen and pushed me up against the wall. When I grounded him and took his PlayStation and wouldn't tell him where it was, he threatened to hit me unless I gave it back to him and I had no choice but to back down. It's a horrible feeling to admit that you're actually afraid of your own abusive child, but it's the truth. And I've talked to his father, and that's pointless, as he does nothing about it and tells me I just need to toughen up. I've been to the local Garda. They say it's a civil matter and that I can get a safety order. By the way, which we clarified yesterday with Maliki Steenson that she could get a safety order against him in the court, in the local district court, which means that he could be arrested if it happens again. But I can't imagine taking my own son to court at 15 years of age because I love him so much. He's a good child in every other way and he never brings trouble to the door. And I'm so worried about my safety and I'm worried about what he will grow up into treating women like this. He's just become a bully. So please now, it's not the parents, always the parents' fault. Can you please ask if any other parent feels the same way? And what do they do to stop this nightmare? Now, this nightmare, by the way, is called the abuse of parents by their children, also known as child to parent violence, CPV. And it's a form of domestic violence. And is one of the most underreported, under-researched subject areas in the field of psychology. And the reason it's so underreported and under-researched is because people won't admit it. People will not admit it. Malachi pointed out, Jesse, because of course he deals in family law and he's seen family breakups all the time. He believes a lot of it comes down to the fact that sometimes when families break up, there's resentment. Because particularly young boys need, he believes, need a father figure in their lives. Now, it's not always possible, of course, due to circumstances in families, but that creates resentment in the home. And sometimes a young son can blame a mother for not having a father around. And those kind of things can happen. But parents are quite often subject to levels of childhood aggression in excess of the normal childhood aggressive outbursts, typically in the form of verbal or physical abuse. Parents feel a sense of shame and humiliation to have that problem, so they don't seek help. When was the last time you were out for drinks with your pal, female pal, for example, and she turned around to you and she said, oh, you're not going to believe this, my son has beaten me up. You're not going to hear that. All you're ever going to hear is my kids are great. Because people are proud of their children. They want to be proud. They love their children. So they're going to tell you all the good stuff. 
They're not going to tell you, rarely will they tell you that, you know, their daughter or son had a meltdown the other day and attacked them. That's not going to happen. They generally don't tell you that stuff because they're too embarrassed and humiliated to tell you their child has turned out like that. But it is a huge problem. And we will be talking to Stella O'Malley, uh, the psychotherapist, a little bit later on about what you may be able to do about it or what you can do about it or what might be causing this and how it can be helped. But in the meantime, I want to get your experiences before I talk to Stella and maybe get some answers to some of your questions. So maybe you've been in this situation. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. The question I'm going to ask you today, is this a common situation? Can you understand why this woman is so fearful? Or are you of the same attitude that her husband has and said she just should toughen up? Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. If you want to give us a call. Amy, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you? I'm good, Nile, and you? Good. Amy, I mean, this is a shocking story and something that shocks us a little bit, but then again, we should be thinking this is probably more common than we imagine. Unfortunately, I think it is a lot more common than people actually realise it is, but like you said, nobody wants... I didn't want to tell anyone. Okay. My family didn't know. Like, it's not something that you feel like you can talk to people about. And why Why do you think people don't want to talk? Because they don't want to be humiliated, is that it? You don't want to like, you feel like you're the one in the wrong because you can't control your child. You're the parent. You're meant to have control of your child and your child is meant to do what the parent says. So you feel in embarrassed. In the perfect world, yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so you think I'm a bad parent if I can't deal with this situation myself? Yes. Right, okay. And when you say, you know, you've been in that situation, uh, you know, how bad did it get? Well, I had to, the, in the end, after multiple calls to the guards, I actually had to remove from the home and a family member took him. Oh, no. Um, and how old, I, how old is he? He was 16 at the time, but unfortunately I had the youngest children as well in the house. Okay. And that, that, that's, not, to, that's not good to see him as a role model, no, of course. No, no. And I have to take their needs into consideration and obviously mm. I want my children to be safe. And, and, and one oh, of my boys has special needs, so he couldn't handle it at all. Like, so. Okay. Yeah. And up to the point where it started, you know, when it started to become bad. I mean, was he, he was a good kid up to that point, yeah? He was. I never had a problem with him. He was. And then Mary kind of got into his teens and he started getting cheeky. And like that lady didn't want to come off the computer, didn't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. Then lockdown really didn't help the situation when they couldn't go out and trying to get him to do online schooling. And then it just escalated. It just slowly escalated. And at the start, I kept making excuses and I kept... One more chance, one more chance, one more chance, until he literally boxed me right into the jaw. He hit you in the jaw? Yes, physically, and then I said, that's it, I'm done. And is he? Bi- right. he's bigger than you, I assume, is he? Yes. Yeah. It's like, my child is as big as a grown man. Yeah, well, at 16, most young lads are as big as a grown man. Like, he was like, he was like extra large men's clothes. Right, okay, okay. So he was quite a big lad, even compared to other lads his age, you know? And when you were given out to him, as a parent should discipline their child, were you terrified? Were you frightened to give it out to him? I was afraid to, like, I mean, I sound terrible, but I was, but, like, I had to, but I didn't, like, in retrospect, I probably didn't give out as much as I should have. Okay. Because I was afraid to kind of push too far, because he'd push, literally push back. Okay, and, you know? and, and he's a big lad, yes. He's a big lad, and then he used to get at me by getting at his siblings, which... I couldn't have. So yeah. it's like he had the control. I didn't have the control. And my advice to that lady would be get back control now because if, the longer you leave it, the worse it actually gets. And, and the first day, I mean, when, when I say how did it start, the first day that, it, that, that, that you felt fear, I mean, was it just him being cheeky and rebellious? And, and, or did he square cheeky, up to you? He squared up to me. I okay. was standing in the doorway and I was giving out to him about computers. It's really something minor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But 
what are you going to do? Square asked me, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, sorry? I was like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm not having this at all. Like, And then his younger siblings were there watching it. And then one of them started crying. And then they were getting scared. And I was like, whoa, this is... This is not good. Way too much. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't live like this. And it was in lockdown and we were, like, all in the house on our own together. So it was not a very good situation to be in at all, like. And can I ask you a question? And, and, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but your personal circumstance. Are you a single mom or are you, are you married? Or? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, I'm single mom. Okay, and I don't want to go into your personal circumstances to why you're a single mom, but I just wanted to know so if there was a male role model in the house or if there, there was There was somebody... up until about two years before this started. Okay, and do you think um, do you think that may because Malachi Steenson is a family law solicitor was on with us yesterday, and he talked about you know this is quite a common problem, particularly when there's a family breakup when the children are at a certain age, and he mentioned particularly young boys in and around the fifteen or sixteen year mark that they can become resentful when the family breaks up. Um, do you think that may have had something to do with it? It might have been a little bit, but I mean none of my other children reacted like that, and yeah. I think it was more he used it as an excuse to be honest. Right. Okay. Okay. Like, he always had access to his dad. He saw him regularly. I mean, he didn't do... He behaved the same for me as he did for his dad. It's not like the behaviour was just towards me. Okay, so he had to go with his dad as well. So, like, I'd say to his dad, I'll speak to him, whatever, this is happening, what's happening, and his attitude was, what are you going to do about it? What's he going to do about it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you know, so, like, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. And and so when it, when did it come to a breaking point where you said, listen, I, I, I have to do something about this. I have um, to seek help. The middle of about, it's about 12 months ago, it got to breaking point. I was actually calling the guards. Now, the guards that came out, they were very nice, but they were like, he's under 18, there's nothing we can do. Okay. And I was like, but I'm here with other kids. He said, I can see that. He said, we can take him away, but you'll have to come back and get him. We can't take him and keep because him. Because he's a minor, yeah. Because he's a minor. So I was like, a so big minor, but a minor nonetheless, yes. I was like, so you're telling me you're going to leave me here with him and these other children on my own, and that if he kicks off again, that it's on me. You know, like, and like, I felt sorry for the guy. But he had hit you, yeah, but hold on, yeah, but he had hit you in the face, which is essentially assault. Now, I I, I don't know whether you would want to have him charged or not. I didn't at the time, right? Because he's my child, and I always do one more chance, one more chance. Yeah. And and you love your child as well, you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. But then I reached the point where the chances ran out. Yeah. So I was after getting on to the guys again, and then they were going to put him into care, temporary social care, and then his family intervened. On his father's side, and they came and took him. Okay. And he was gone with them for about four or five weeks. Did anyone ever recommend at any point that you could get a safety order against him? Uh, no. Okay. At the time, nobody actually said that to me. Which basically means that the guards have to do something about it the next time but, it happens. But like, I find this information is very hard to find. Or they're not willingly coming forward to tell you this. Yeah, because at the point you Malachi made yesterday that maybe... You know, a guard coming to the door with a piece of paper in his hand saying, this is a safety order. And this basically means that if you touch your mother again or you threaten your mother or verbally abuse her again, we will be up to the house to deal with it. And that's what a safety order essentially does. Because up to that point, well, apart from the actual assault, I mean, it is a civil matter. And the yes, guards tend not to try to get involved. I, I know that's wrong sometimes to get involved. In it is, matters. but I yeah. don't think he'd have actually taken any heed of them either way, to be honest. You don't think that would have frightened him, no? I don't think so, no. Right, okay. And do, do you think, I mean, where do you think he got this aggression from? Because you said, okay, he was a cheeky lad before, but look, most young lads are going to be cheeky every now and again. I was cheeky myself. I just think, to be honest, I just think it was that his dad wasn't around. There was a little bit of that. And then there was lockdown, and then there was no going out. 
Okay. And then there was like all of us in the house together, like so. Frustration, yes. Frustration, there's arguments over charger leads, computers, my turn, your turn, TV, I want to watch something. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to keep everyone happy, which is Mission Impossible. So, like, it was just a build-up of everything. There's no talking to him. Like, he started smoking, and I said, look, I wasn't happy with it, but I said you could smoke outside the house, not in the house. Yeah. But he didn't care, and he was smoking in the room. And I was like, this isn't acceptable. Like, Yeah, I your house, your rules, of course, but yeah. I, I smoke outside, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I knew there wasn't a hope of me getting him to stop smoking, so there was no point in doing that. It would have just made him worse than he already was. Right, okay. But he just... The, lack of, the respect was gone. Now, now, things have changed. He went with his, with his family, and he stayed with them for a few weeks, and I actually didn't have any contact for a couple of weeks, and I left him... To brood, o- to brood over it for a while, yes. what had happened, and then we slowly made contact, and he's actually back living home now, and everything is fine again. So. Okay, so you think he's a changed boy? But I do think, like that lady, I do think if you, the longer you leave it, the worse it gets. And if you want to fix it, you need to do it now rather than later. Yeah, you have to act, don't you? You have Le- to. You, yeah. you have to, like, because, like, I had to do it for myself and I had to show my other children that this wasn't acceptable. I mean, you know? as, a, as a mother, Amy, and it must have been heartbreaking for you to, to call the guards on your own son. It was horrible, but, like, then I had my other child going, like, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like, I was... <laughs> It was a very catch twenty two situation because, like, I had to think of the safety of, of everyone, course you do. myself. Yes, and like my mom's biggest fear was that she's going to get a phone call one these days, so I was at the end of the stairs or something had happened. Yeah, that you were pushed down the stairs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know that it, like things had gotten too far out of hand. Like, so I had to, I had to, yeah, just do something. It came to the point where I just had no choice, but I had to go forward with it. And since but, he's come back and he's living back at home now, have you talked to him about his behaviour in the past? And oh, we have. And he knows he was wrong. Like yeah, and he got good. help, and he went to counselling, and that's brilliant. He did eventually get all the help, and he realised. And has he apologised? Has he apologised? Oh, he has. Good. And he's apologised to his siblings, and he's made up with them. And, and you know what? Thing. I'm so happy, Amy, that there's a happy ending to the story. There is, but yeah. like there, there was the rough part. In the yeah. Last couple of months in the middle, but it's worth it. Yeah. Because like I don't want him growing up to be one of those bullies. I don't want him to go up to have this attitude. Like he's getting older now. He needs to go into the workplace, he needs to get a job, he needs to finish school, and now he realises that that's all on him. Yeah, of course. You know, because, like, obviously, as a parent, you're preparing your children for adulthood to go get a job. To go yeah, get a and you didn't want this to be a downward spiral, of course, that no, would set no, him on, no. a, on the wrong like, target. Yeah, of course. I, I feel if I didn't intervene when I did, it was going to be the prison spiral. Yeah. And that's obviously the last thing any parent would want course, for their course, time, yeah, you yeah. know, so... So I, you, I'm saying, I'm assuming your advice to other parents is nip it in the bud, don't let it go on, because firstly, yeah, you don't want to be living in fear of your own child. Definitely not. You yeah. have to stand up, and I think the father is a disgrace in that situation. If he's in the home, you should back up the mother. And well, no, he's not. This is the problem. He's not in the home. Like yourself, they they broke up right many years ago. But the problem is that she's gone to the father and said, "Listen, can you deal with this?" And he's his answer to her was, "You need to toughen up." That's really not an answer, is it? She tell him if it's so easy, why doesn't he take the child and deal with it? Yeah, well, that's, that's, thing well. Would, that's what I'd be saying. I'd, I would have done exactly what you did, Amy, in that situation. You know, like, it's not easy, and it's not fair to put it all on the mother. And how would he feel if something's, if he did seriously hurt her? She ended up in hospital because of the child, and he told her to just toughen up. Do me a favor, just stay there for a second, because Anne, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Anne? Hi, Niall, how are you? You've been listening to Amy, and you were in a similar situation as well. Yeah, well, I my son now is only going on 14, but um, 
when he from a very young age he always had uh, difficulty socializing yeah and like what i've been sort of rude towards him he was a bit odd okay a bit, um, quir- bit quirky yeah yeah he was different yeah. and um i took him to the doctors and um we got him diagnosed with dcd or dyspraxia and yeah yep. but he's also on the spectrum and he had awful difficulty socialising. He could never, he had never had a friend, or if he did have a friend, he'd lose the friend. That's quite common with, friend. that's quite common in those situations, yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, but the, that frustration I found spilled into our house. Yeah. So, um, because I probably was there more often than my husband, um, if I said, you know, get off that tablet, or, you know, he, he would lose it. And he'd have a meltdown. Like, yeah, he's a fit lad as well, and yeah. he would... If he got thick enough, he would square up to me. Right, like, okay. look at me in the face and just pure anger. And now I, I, I'm like, I live with my husband, obviously. So he would, we, when he calmed down, we would talk to him and say, you have to square up to, your, to my husband. Yeah. You know, bigger man, if you're going to start this, square up to somebody that's your own size kind of thing. Yeah. And he would do that. But my husband, like, my husband was great help. He wouldn't let him, you know, he wouldn't take it from him. Of course not, yeah. And I always thought, like, if he did hit me, I wouldn't have much of a hope. I probably wouldn't hit him back. Um, but there was a lot of talking done. And he was referred on to a psychologist and to occupational therapy. Yeah. Which I cannot recommend highly enough. Yeah. Um, for getting him to think differently. And was that, was that through CAMS, by the way? No, he was too old for CAMS. Okay. By the time we actually, I just went private because the waiting okay. list was too long. Too long, okay. Yeah, um, and the occupational therapist made him think. You know, he he was just firing, like how do I describe it? Said his brain. Yeah, he would just lash out. Brain. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And so rather than thinking about the situation he was in for a couple of minutes before he reacted to it, he was just lashing out. Yeah, and so they did music therapy with him, which was excellent. Okay. Now he was a younger child, and I know that the, your your original emailer. Yeah. Um, they did music therapy with him, and honestly, he is a different child. He's nearly fourteen. He'd have an odd wobble, but yeah. um, much much but, better. But, were you? I mean, were you afraid of him? I was afraid for him, okay. and um, maybe not afraid of him. Okay. But I was. I I talked to my husband several nights about if we don't do something, it'll get worse. He's going to go out when he gets bigger and stronger and thump somebody else. Yeah. And then there's an assault charge and, you know, he's going to that's ruin his career. Life. That's his career down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a highly intelligent kid. Uh, and, here's, and here's the problem, that most of the children, or a lot of the children in this situation, and Amy, probably the same situation, I, I don't know Amy's son, but they generally are highly intelligent children. Yeah. And they generally are quite good children otherwise. I mean, this woman in the email points out that her he's never brought trouble to the door, he's a good kid, this is just something he does. He lashes out yeah. and, and threatens his mother, you know what I mean? Now, Amy, yeah. unfortunately, uh, she got a punch. And mm. obviously that was the last straw for her and, you know, she got the guards involved. And now her son is 100% again. He's grand and he's apologised and everything is great again. I think maybe he gave himself a fright by having to be taken out of the house. Yeah, you know? I think there's often frustrations behind a lot of this. Maybe that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like in my, in, and I know in my son's case, it was definitely trying to make friends. Yeah, and couldn't or misunderstanding situations. Or if he was playing football, he was a rule abider. Yeah, and then if, if the boys were kind of messing, he hated that, and he'd oh, you're not playing by the rules. And yeah, yeah, I know. There was a lot of frustration building up in him, and I think I was the target. And his brother, he frustra- he fought with his brother for years. Yeah. Like, very on, 
Like, it was I a lot of sibling how... rivalry, yes. Yeah, and again, I took the middle lad to a psychologist because it affected him very badly as well. Like he... and, and it can be difficult for the whole family, absolutely, of course yeah. it can. And it can be difficult for you too, Anne, I'm sure you went to it. Because you love your son and you want the best, yeah. as, as Amy does too. You want the best, for, every mother wants the best for their child. Yeah, but I always say, talking to a psychologist never hurts. Yeah. Never, just a chat. Maybe there's something that he doesn't want to tell the mother tell the psychologist yeah. and, but I definitely think the father like should intervene and mm. say well look if you're going to hit someone here hit me I, but, by, by the way can I, sorry can I just go back to Amy Amy did you ever find out uh, everything is grand and thankfully you have a happy ending now and he's back with you and he's behaving himself but did he ever talk to you about why he felt this anger um, I think in my son's case there was a mix of hormones he was coming into the teenagers and he was confused and I did find out afterwards that he was questioning his sexuality okay which I'm completely fine with, but yeah. for a child, that's obviously that can be very blowing. difficult. Yes, so I just think his head was full, but he didn't tell anyone. Yes, yeah. so I couldn't. Like I said, I've said to him over, over and over since, like if there's a problem, tell me. If I don't know there's a problem, I can't do anything to fix it. Yeah, we can deal with it together, of course. If yeah. you tell me, we can find a way around it, and we can go and do something. But like, what well, I think boys find it harder to talk anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. just. In general, I just think girls are not more. I think boys are. Yeah, because I, by the way, I don't, I, I don't want to make this out to be, you know, a boy issue that it's only boys because there are girls that behave like this oh, as well. No, Absolutely. You, but, but I think it's easier to talk to a girl, it's easier to get through to a girl. I just think, like, if they say that boys mature, that girls mature two years faster than boys, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. So even though he's, like, say, 17, he's really only 15. Yeah. Whereas a 15-year-old girl is like a 17-year-old girl. So it is, I do think there's a bit of a difference. And I think that there's probably a bit, I mean, look, girls can be quite rebellious as well. And they can be quite rude and they can be quite cheeky to parents. But I think when it comes to the aggression, maybe the testosterone kicks in with the boys. And I suppose that can be a little bit more difficult to deal with sometimes. And boys tend to be physically bigger than, than their mothers. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yes. But listen, I, I, you know, I'm glad, Anne, you're in a good place now. Everything's okay again. Yeah, it's going much better now. Yeah, Thank good, God. good. Two happy endings, I'm glad to hear, <laughs> to, to two horrible stories. But look, two happy endings and hopefully everything is okay. Listen, thank you very much indeed. And I am going to talk to Stella O'Malley a little bit later on in relation to what we just discussed with the, the, the two two mothers. But I also want to get some advice for the emailer because as much as we're hearing stories of very similar stories, of course, to what's happening to this mother, we're not really getting advice. So we need to get advice as to what you did. I mean, look, we've obviously heard what Anne did and obviously it went to a psychotherapist and obviously we heard what Amy did by getting her other family involved and basically taking him out of that situation and then bringing him back again. And she did get the guards involved at one stage when he hit her. Uh, obviously, didn't want to charge him. But what advice would you give to the mother who's emailing in? So her husband, or should I say, her son is 15. He's bigger than her. He's pulled her across the kitchen, put her up against a wall. Thankfully, he hasn't hit her yet, but she's terrified of her own son. What advice would you give her? Now, in her case, in the email, it seems the husband is not really on the scene. And there isn't a male role model there to do anything about it. So what would you do? Would you go to the guards? Would you report your own child to the guards to get something done about it? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Would you report your own child to the police? Yep, Michael the Cynic says, Hi Niall, one of your callers yesterday, Maliki Steenson, of course, who's a family law uh, solicitor, made an interesting point yesterday saying that maybe smoking weed may be contributing to, his, to this behaviour. I think this needs to be looked at, uh, but it's not being mentioned because the NGOs that have an agenda to promote legislation of, or legalisation of drugs and have the big PR budgets uh, which are used to drown out any dissenting voices. Now seeing the latest report on drug use in Ireland, it looks like we are on the cusp of an epidemic 
epidemic of cocaine and cocaine addiction, as a lot of these kids will be snorting coke before long. We need to push back before it's too late, says Michael the Cynic. Somebody else says, Niall, in relation to getting a safety order, I think Maliki may be referring to children over the age of 18. I don't know whether you can get a safety order, protection order against a child under the age of 18. I'm trying to check it there now. We're actually trying to verify that. But I know he did mention you can get a safety order against your own child, but maybe he was referring to children over the age of 18. Uh, I'll find out for you for sure. Uh, Babs, you're an Isles uh, classic kid. How are you doing, Babs? Hi, Niall. Um, brilliant subject. I think we kind of touched on this before because I remember explaining my situation with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it just came to blows one day where I just couldn't tolerate her attitude towards me anymore. And Did it become physical or was it just fair? But very like, physical, yeah. yeah. And my son walked into the room and he physically had to throw me into his bedroom and throw her out to the hall. Right. Um, I always felt there was really not a lot and I can tell you um, it, the most hopeful part was um, especially when she was at 14, 15 age group where she always expressed these feelings in company and it made me feel so small you okay. know so she was Almost. humiliating you is what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes I used to feel it was because I wasn't the, gram- the glamorous mummy that I hadn't got all the money to buy the things that all the other kids were getting but she did get a good upbringing. She was in the best of clubs to help her socialise, you know. But so someone put a, a phone number into my hand one day and because I had spoken to a school, I had spoken to a, the school um, to find out how this could be. It, I just felt like from the moment she sees, saw me. Now, she was a great little kid growing up. She had her little tantrums and things like that. But as I was the bigger person, but as she got bigger, it, it just got... Um, you couldn't discipline her the same way, of course. No, yeah. no. And so I decided I would speak to the school without poor knowledge. Um, and she was fabulous in school. And I have to say, like, um, this was a school angel, house devil situation, you know, which for is, me. By the way, which can be the case in most cases where a child can be perfectly well-behaved in school and they hold in all that frustration until and they get home and take it out of a parent. Home. Yeah. It is. I used to put down to a lot of things, like the fact that her dad wasn't there, um, that I was out working. Although, I mean, she lo- I mean, she loved her nanny. She loved being with her nanny. I mean, and she wasn't alone. She, as I said, like... And I'm sure my, she loved you too, by the way. A lot of her, you know, but like she... We made up for the weekend because I had put her into the best club, you know, um, ballet, whatever she wanted to do. Um, but one day, I mean, it, as I said, it came to a halt and... Um, I went to school and I got a number. Now, like that too, I rang the thing, the mailbox was full. Yeah. And then one day out of the blue, I got a call to say to come in and talk. So I went in and it was just um, off Talbot Street. I think it's called Joyce's House. And what they said was they had a talk with me first. Now, as regardless, this was all about the child. They were only interested in the child. It wasn't about, it was about you coping with your child in that situation. But what happened was then they brought two of us in, gave us things to fill in. And on the things like, has she attacked you with a knife? Has she done this? Has she done that? I mean, the majority of the things I ticked off was no. But then we started to get into, they were like one-to-one with the two of us, you know, and then expressing how you felt feeling yeah how to how to cope with the way she felt you and did they, did know, they ask you in front wrong. of did they ask you in front of her how you felt about her behavior um, and were you frightened it, of her? It, coming into the second yeah. part it yeah. did 
Um, and did she? And did, was she upset that the fact that she uh, was upsetting her mother? I mean, she obviously went voluntarily, which is great, and I'm delighted that she went with you, and she did that with you. Uh, but did she? Do you think she had an understanding then of how you were feeling? Um, not straight away, okay. you know, because as I said, I mean, these meetings were all about the kids. You got your input, but it was all about them. Um, the assessment was kind of drawn out. I have pages and pages of it. I mean, there was nothing. Well, she had dyslexia, but I mean, it wasn't a major thing. We got help for that, yeah. and she became up to average, and she was able to tolerate school. She did her leave insert. She had her problems, but she had the help, and she got through that. But it was me trying to cope. I mean, like she just like she just knew how to burst my bubble. You know? I mean, and she I knew all the buttons scared. to press. Yeah, yeah, as many yeah. kids do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she just did it when she was in the Uma. I used to, I hated cleaning, and my kids know that. And when I knew there was something brewing, I start cleaning, you know, just to okay. avoid her. Yeah, and I would, I would be out of the way for ages. Or if you could hear a kind of, um, she was about to start something instead of dealing with the situations. And we learned how to speak, and this was the problem: learning how to, to communicate, see it from her point of view. Yeah, and then she could see it from my point of view. Now, I mean, like, um, then she ended up going into group therapy with other kids like her. Yeah. And this is where she knew then I'm not alone. And I think this was the problem. She always felt she was alone. Her head was telling her differently. I mean, like that too, she was diagnosed with nothing. I used to always think maybe. But when she started talking about, um, in my head, she's talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she feels that's what she was being led by. But it was just that she would no control over what she was going through. Now, we didn't need drugs. As I said, she got at ease then when she sat with these. They started putting her into a group of kids their own age. So she could see she wasn't on her own. And there was other kids with, with similar she, issues this, and similar problems. this is what it life. is. They yeah. feel they're alone. And yeah. they weren't alone. And it's like other parents. Um they, they let you know they're not on. I've sat in the waiting room and I've seen young kids picking up chairs and throwing them at the mother. Now, and I used to think, I mean, these are kids. I didn't have that when, yeah. cause that, because as they get older, you start to think of them little adults and, you know, that way. Now, I mean, like, we, we there are times, I mean, it, it's an ongoing process. She's 23 years of age now. And there are times where, You've got to, it's my, my problem was like, I was the mother. I was, I was the one. And I just that's, a, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And, and by the way, I'm glad things are better with you now, with both of you, right? Yeah, but it is. Okay, but it it's is. always going to be trying and it's always going to be difficult. But Babs, can I ask you just, and I don't mean to rush, it's just that I'm, I'm a little bit rushed yeah, for time. But, yeah, but yeah. during the earlier time when she was a child, I mean, how did you feel? Because Amy mentioned that she felt as a parent that she had failed someone or she felt as a parent she was doing something wrong or she felt as a parent she was actually frightened of her own child. Did you feel like that? Um, yeah, as I, um, not so much. Um, I did feel a little scared because I didn't know where it was going. Um, like that, Niall, I didn't know. I mean, at one stage I said to myself, I don't know where our demons are. Um, I did actually say to me, I did actually say to myself, sleep with one eye open, okay. you know, okay. and that's the way I felt. 
And that's a, that's a terrible feeling to have as a parent. And by the way, you're not alone either, Babs, because I can see by the texts and by the WhatsApp messages, so many, particularly particularly mothers. By the way. Yeah, yeah, particularly mothers. Uh, yeah. Because obviously there's a physicality to this because, you know, sometimes your kids can be bigger than your women tend to be smaller than men anyway. So it's particularly mothers that feel yeah, this I way. Know. And the other common factor uh, seems to be a breakup in marriage. A breakup in marriage or a separation where a child maybe has if resentment. Yes, Niall, if you had that support. Yes. Two parents can be better. Two parents can be better than one sometimes. Definitely. (laughs) I'm not not judging single parents because it's a very difficult life, you know, being a single parent and and trying to be two parents at the same time. That could be very difficult. But Babs, I'm I'm glad things got better and and I suppose it's still a work in progress and I hope you and your daughter have a wonderful relationship in the future. Listen, I have to go into a break. I'm really sorry to everybody. And Stella O'Malley will be on with us a little bit after the break as well. Uh, She's a psychotherapist and best-selling author and public speaker. And a parent, of course, with many years' experience working uh, in counselling and psychotherapy. So she'll give us maybe some advice for all those parents who are texting in at the moment. All right, so many parents sending in so many questions and so many texts in relation to their relationship with their children. And sometimes as a teenager, as they become teenagers and get older, it can be difficult to deal with, particularly, by the way, mothers texting in. And many of them saying they're actually afraid of their own children. We've spoken to a few callers on air today already who are afraid of their own children. And what do you do about that or how do you change that? And thankfully, Amy and Anne and Babs, all three that were on uh, today, changed that relationship and thankfully have a good relationship with their children now. But unfortunately, it came to a head and it does always come to a head at some point where you just can't take any more. Or maybe you're actually afraid of your own child. But generally speaking, in relation to children, how you deal with bad behaviour or good behaviour or whatever it happens to be, if you've any questions at all, I want you to text them in. I'm going to speak to Stella O'Malley in a few minutes. But if you've any questions at all about maybe a difficulty you're having, you know, parenting or with your children, it doesn't matter how young or how old they happen to be, uh, send your question in and I, I can put it to Stella if you want. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. You can WhatsApp or text. Stella O'Malley is a psychotherapist, best-selling author, public speaker and a parent with many years experience working in counselling and psychotherapy and not only that as well much of Stella's counselling and teaching work is with parents and young people you know basically uh, which she put into her own two best selling books Cotton Wool Kids and also uh, Bully Proof Kids and she joins me on the line good afternoon to you Stella Hi there uh, Stella, I mean, I raised this topic yesterday and I think I've opened up a whole can of worms because seemingly it's the most underreported problem we have, which is parents being afraid of their own children as they become teenagers, particularly young, uh, particularly women, I suppose, because of the physicality of maybe a young son who's 16 and, you know, sort of five foot nine and a mother who might be only five foot two. And this mother sent us in an email that she's basically been pinned against the wall by her own child. How do you deal with a situation like that? Yeah, this is underreported. It's said, you know, within within clinical setting where everything is anonymous and quiet and kind of confidential, but it, it is because it's taboo. We feel that we're betraying our own children when we say something like that. Yeah, because we and want yet, to be proud of them, don't we? You know, and we love yeah. them and we want we want to tell everybody how great they are. So the last oh, thing you're gonna tell your mates is that my child is, is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Because we, we feel we've failed mm-hmm. because they're behaving badly. And so we almost take it as kind of punishment for our apparent kind of, you know, yeah. um, you know, Failures. not good, yeah. inadequate yeah. parenting skills, which isn't fair because it's not actually necessarily true at all. Some people are born very kind of very interested in power, very power seeking, and they wield their power very heavily. And they have to be taught as children to to kind of learn to deal with their 
their need for power. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they become bullies. And I wrote about it extensively in, yeah. in my book, Bullyproof Kids. But it reminds me of that quote, you know, we're born of risen apes, not fallen angels. Like babies are born and they're really quite more, we're more like animals than they are like angels. They grab what they want. They push what they want. They do what they want. And our job is, as parents and you know, caregivers is to make them more civilized. Yeah, to control those the, basic instincts. Yes. Yeah, those animal instincts of give me, I want. <laughs> yeah. And when when it hasn't worked, and then they're thirteen, and they're still not fully formed. The teenage brain is still under construction. It doesn't get fully formed until they're twenty five, and so they can be really awful. And that's okay. We don't have to feel like we're a t- dreadful parent. It's like no, that's our time to kind of be strong and teach them not to kind of crumble and think, what have I done so far? It's more like, no, no, these are, these are going to come up all the time. These kind of plays for power and our job as, as parents is to put them in their place. Okay, so I, I, so Stella, I come to you as a mother and I say to you, my son is a good kid. Is the, I'm going to basically take him from this email. He's a good okay. kid, never brings trouble to the door. He's now bigger than me. Last week, he grabbed me by the arm, dragged me across the kitchen, pushed me up against the wall and held me against the wall until I give him back his PlayStation. Wow. So how do you deal? Now, she's now terrified of her own son. And Amy, who was on the start of the show there, her own son punched her in the jaw. Now, she ended up having to call the police. Thankfully, everything is resolved now. The son has apologised. It's all good. He realises where he went wrong. But how do you deal with that situation when you're actually frightened that your own son is going to hurt you? Well, you bring you bring in the heavy guns with that because that's an absolute transgressive, you know, inappropriate. There's, it's so hands down wrong mm-hmm. that that. Well, it's assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it needs to be addressed on a very large level. So I, I would get personally, I would have that kid, kid sent, like as in that kid needs some therapy. Yeah. And I would say I'm very interested the fact that this is to do with the PlayStation because so many people are reporting the rage. Such a nice kid, such a great kid until you take the PlayStation off them. And it's like they have this rage because their their nerve their nerves are on edge because they've been playing. And so they're on that kind of nervy kind of place and somebody grabs something off them and they literally react almost like an animal getting their food taken off them. They react very kind of yeah. Uh, in a nervy way. Irrationally, that's what yes. Yeah. yeah, but very instinct, very animal-like, if you follow me, because they're literally all about their nerves because that's what's getting tapped into on the on the video game. So yeah, I would definitely, I would go very strong on this. I would, without a doubt, immediately uh, get rid of the PlayStation, as in, well, that's where that's where it started. You know what I mean? It would be like, you know, that was... Well, if PlayStation. she gets rid of the PlayStation, she's saying he's 15 and he's bigger than her, right? Yeah. Is he not going to get worse? Is he not going to go down and punch oh, the head he off? Oh, he is. Oh, there's going to be trouble ahead. There. And and, 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 and so can I? And one thing I wanted to point out that in the email it also points out that our marriage broke up many years ago, right? And there's no male role model in the house. The father's uh, pretty much useless. And I, I've looked in most of the people that I've spoken to today, even. It's a very common factor. Now, Malachi Steenson is a family law solicitor. Was on with us yesterday evening, and he spoke to us about this. And he said this because he sees this in family law all the time that he thinks that. When families break up and you've got young teenage children at a particular age, 15, 16, particularly young boys because of the testosterone and everything else, there's a level of resentment. Do you, do you believe that plays into this if there isn't, you know, not to be too polit- unpolitically correct, but if there isn't a, a male role model in the house, that maybe that plays into it as well? I do. I do. I think it's a very definite issue. I think um, 
the way that um, so many men haven't become involved, you know, after a a breakup, and I know there's an awful lot of issues, I know it's very, very difficult, but the lack of a male role role model really impacts. And a teenage boy who half thinks he has to be the man of the house and is half frightened and is half furious, if you follow me, is is a very volatile mix. And he's a mixed up mix, if you follow me, because he doesn't really know where he's at with it. He's half enjoying the power he has. Yeah. That extraordinary moment when the when the child is stronger and bigger than the parent and that weird, oh, so actually I have more power if I want. Mm-hmm. Um and that that almost like kingly feeling of but I won't I won't hurt you because I don't have to. That really isn't appropriate for a 13-year-old to have that feeling because they can't take the part because they're kids yeah. and they're not able to kind of, you know, beat the, bring about the better side of their nature, if you follow me. And, so, and, yeah, and it can have a devastating effect on family. I do remember many years ago I knew a family and the father had died quite suddenly when one of the young fellows was 13 years of age. And he was a wonderful young lad, a great academic, doing really well in school, etc., etc., well-behaved. And from the point the father died... His life took a turn and he ended up, you know, he ended up being a career criminal in the end. Um, oh. You know, do, dealing in drugs, all sorts of things. His life just went straight down the toilet. And and this can happen so quickly if we don't watch and keep an eye this. I mean, somebody says here, I, I look at when the text here, I have a 10 year old son. And in a similar to those other stories I've heard, he has anger issues and he's squaring up to me. Uh, he's starting to get a little physical too. He only does it when his father isn't in the house. He's so intelligent. Mm. And his teacher said he is a pleasure and he was an excellent baby. Myself and my husband are happy and have a great relationship. So I'm at a loss as to what is causing this. And I'm afraid he'll get worse as the years go on. Yeah, I would nip that very much in the bud. I would say the next time he does it, it would be like everything stops. Everything stops and the father gets wrong and said, he's just squared up to me. The whole day is over. Yeah. Because he's just done something that is. There's a few lines that you, sacred lines in the family you cannot cross. And the boy or the girl standing up physically to the mother is one of them. You, you you know what I mean? It just yeah. that they have to be that has to be a sacred line, or you've lost all control. If you follow me, so what should she do? I mean, does that child, does that ten year old who's got to, who's crossed the line, do they need counselling? Well, I'm not sure. Definitely, the other boy definitely does. The PlayStation boy, a hundred percent, and not necessarily with the ten year old. There's there's he's he's kind of finding his way so I think with that boy like if he does it which you kind of almost wait for him to do it when he does it that's it everything stopped the day is over PlayStation is taken away daddy is brought home up to his room yeah, yeah no, but like really like this is you know that was it that yeah. from this day forth everything has changed because you did that so he realises the massive reaction I got to that squaring up means that that is a so so do we need I mean family. Stella I hate to be old fashioned but do we need to go back to the old wait till your father gets home line I mean do, do you understand because that's the way it was in our day if I did if I looked at my mother sideways I got the wait till your father gets home routine and I was in my room till he got home and I was there absolutely petrified of what he was going to do when he got home it was a very different world of course that we lived in you know I'm 57 years of age but there's a lot to be said for the, I suppose, the disciplining. I'm not saying beating children up. I'm not suggesting that for a minute. But the style of discipline was very different to what it is now. Yeah, I, th- I think there's something in it. The fact is, parents are a team. And whether it's, you know, two females or two males or whatever, or, yeah. or a male and a female, 
there, there's an energy from one person that is different than the other person's energy. And so there, 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 there is merit and value in saying, you know what, you've just squared up to me. It's, it's so outlandishly wrong in our family for that. Everything is stopping for the day. All plans, everything is over. You're going up to your room. I'm going to discuss it with my co-parent, whoever that yeah. is. Yeah. And, this, and that'll this, give you time this, to reflect on what yeah. you've done. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're ringing a bell. It's like ding, ding, ding. Okay, now this was this isn't like this isn't like you know silly stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is a whole other level because it has to be given some sort of really serious kind of so that they realise there's some lines you don't cross, there's some boundaries you don't break. Well, listen, Stella, I'm, I'm running out of time, and I appreciate you coming on the air today. And I am going to talk to you again because I know that you obviously hold a BA in counselling and psychotherapy and, and an MA in cognitive behaviour. But more so recently, you've been talking about uh, these studies. This is a psychometric testing and gender identity counselling. And, and I want to get back to that to you, which is next week, if we possibly can. So it would be wonderful to have you on the air as well to talk about that. Thank you very much, Nate. Stella O'Malley. And uh, by the way, if you have any issues, by the way, uh, with your children and you have no one to turn to and you've no one to talk to, you can contact Parentline at 1-890-927-277. That's 1-890-927-277. Also, Women's Aid are available as well, 24-hour helpline. Uh, that's 1-800-341-900. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. 1-800-341-900.